0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Go On an Adventure. I know it's been a minute, and again, I apologize. It seems like I'm always behind with my podcast these days. We did have a new member arrive to the family healthily in the last couple weeks. I now am the auntie to a bouncing baby boy. Uh, So that's, that's been fun. That's been chaotic. Um, We've been trying to revamp different things for our store for the business. And because of that, it's taken up a lot of my time, including my reading time and even took away one of my days off, which was Sunday. I ended up going in and working for that. But that being said, I want to give you guys something. And finally, finally, after years and after ramping it up to you guys, I have finally started reading A Throne of Glass. That's right, you heard it. A Throne of Glass, I'm finally reading. I have been seeing everything from artwork to fan fictions to uh, fan recreations of scenes on Book Talk for months. Four months. Like it hasn't died down, which is absolutely amazing to me because. The Accord of Thorns and Roses died down a bit. I mean, I still see it here and there from certain, you know, TikTokers, but for the most part, it's died down. But Throne of Glass is still just ramped up more than ever. So I finally started it and I'm not too far in. I'm not too far in. I'm about 12 chapters in and I read those last night but I'm, I'm getting there, guys. I'm getting there. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a refresher for those who have read it and are excited for this podcast and a slight review for what I've read so far just to get us going. All right. So let's go ahead and delve in here. So Throne of Glass is by our wonderful author, Sarah J. Moss, who is also the author of The Crescent Crescent City Trilogy, which I believe she is keeping it as a trilogy, A Court of Thorns and Roses, and the ever popular Throne of Glass series. Now I'm just on book one, there's like seven books in the series, um, they've redone the artwork a couple of times, which is very frustrating to me because I have the, not the original artwork but the second one, the middle one, um, that I think is really cool and I'm missing three books and I can't find that artwork anymore, which is so frustrating just this new artwork, which I'm personally not a fan of. But anyways, I digress. So uh, I almost said a court of Throne and Roses. Uh, a Throne of Glass. Our main character starts up with her being essentially imprisoned because she's an assassin. She's not just an assassin assassin. She is a crazy, very well-trained, well-known assassin. Yet no one knows what she looks like. No one knows who she actually is, nor her age. She's 18 years old. And she's become world-renowned in this this world. Now, this world has been in somewhat of turmoil, I'd like to also add. By that, I mean this king has decided that he is going to take over every single land and has so far accomplished that except for one. But by doing so, he banned all magic. Anyone who was thought to have using mana- magic was either killed or imprisoned. Anything having to do with magic was destroyed, including all the forests where Fae would actually stay. And anyone of magic blood was essentially taken away. You're done. You're gone. Which, I don't know, sounds a bit racist to me, but you know, who knows? It's, it's a mythical world, right? So it doesn't count. As things go on, she is essentially summoned from the depths of this prison which is a salt mine by the prince prince dorian and he is brought up by cole i believe who it is who is the captain now the captain is only 23 years old so he's done pretty good for himself too to be you know a captain and the prince is about the same age now when you take the compare and contrast of these two characters they are starkly different at least so far from the first few chapters You have Cole, who's very serious, very straightforward, and, you know, we do this, this, this kind of thing. He's a captain. Dorian, you'd think for, as a prince, would be, you know, a little bit more princely. He's kind of a slacker, it feels. Now, I know that's not the full case. Like, you get that sense that there's more that's going on. But he, she meets him with him just kind of lounging on his chair, hand under his chin, one leg over the side, going, This is her? Kind of thing. This is the all known assassin. Now, the point of this meeting, however, is that the king has decided that he's going to hold a competition where a bunch of rough and tumble people, killers, assassins, murderers, and everything are going to compete for essentially freedom as long as they work for the king for a certain amount of time. Now, she haggled the time frame. Originally, it was going to be like, five or six years and she was able to get it down to four because she does not like the king she doesn't want to be in servitude to the king in any shape or form and because of this she was able to haggle down the time frame (sighs) yummy coffee anyways so because of this she's now going into this competition and the point is to essentially kill each other off very game of thrones very um Hunger Games, I and mean, it's it's a competition, which, I don't know if you guys have noticed, anytime that there's a heroine type of storyline, there's always some sort of competition to the death that they have to be a part of. In the Hunger Games, Katniss had to perform in the Hunger Games, and the Red Queen, she had to essentially perform, just, you know, whatever. Um, and Divergent, technically, it wasn't so much a competition, but it was always this, like, fight to the death. In the first set, always, always, even in a throne of, uh, or not a throne of glass, a court of thorns and roses, Feyre has to do these challenges, this type of competition to, you know, save everyone. So it always seems like anytime that there's a book with a heroine or heroine, sorry, heroine. That's, that's what we're doing is there's some competition to the death that we have to do or some sort of fight to the death that we have to do. So they get her all cleaned up, they get her, you know, looking, you know, more presentable, and they start on their way to the, basically, castle of glass. Now, I'm I'm with her. I'm with her. The idea of a castle made fully out of glass sounds absolutely preposterous and dangerous, because all it takes is one person throwing a good-sized rock, and that thing is tumbling down, someone too heavy, and they're breaking through the floor. Now, it looks like, or by the way it's described, this castle was built around or with another castle that was made of stone, and that's essentially where they put her up in, and she's basically set up for a glamorous lifestyle, if you will, uh, as a, you know, competitor, and she's all for it. Why is she all for it? Because this is the type of life she was used to before as an assassin, because as an assassin sh- and the assassin that she was, she was really good. She was really good at what she you know what she did. She had her pick of basically, you know, whatever the jobs were, which means she could pick the highest paying jobs if she were to choose. And she probably did. So she lived a life of essential glamour, of nice dresses, nice clothes, having pretty hair, the whole thing. She was a very, very glam type gal for the killer that she was. But her skill is why she was brought to the, to the Castle of Glass. Now, It does sound like Dorian did stand up to his father at one point um, when he's there trying to tell him that this is why he brought her because it was him who sentenced her. the king sentenced her a long time ago. And he knows what she looks like. He knows who she is. They've come up with a plan to uh, hide her identity and she's going by the name Lillian. She is a noble woman, blah, 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 blah. And for this, it's because if anyone knew who she actually was, she would be the main target to eliminate. And they're trying not to do that because this competition, people also have money on. It's the nobles and people they have are sponsoring these people. Kind of like in Hunger Games, you had, you know, different people sponsoring different uh, players. It's the same thing in this aspect. Dorian, our princely prince, is sponsoring our assassin friend the reason why I'm not saying her name is because her name is also going to change again I'm pretty sure so I'm not saying her name we're gonna go by Lillian but we're gonna stick with our our assassin for a while (coughs) until I get further and we find something else out and or we get a different book and everything now she's already kind of made an enemy and it's all for the wrong reasons um there's this girl named Catalina pretty sure it's it's either Catalina or Katrina and she's a noblewoman who's trying to go after the prince. Now she thinks that our assassin is the prince's toy. Essentially, that she is the lover that he brought in, and so she's trying to be out, you know, like girls do, outdo her, be prettier, whatever, and everything like that. And our assassin is kind of, uh, amused by it. And so... Not only does she play along, but she plays better because she knows how the game of deceit goes. She does. And she knows how to do it better. And to be fair, Dorian started it. He has no interest in this woman whatsoever, even though she seems to be pining after him. And so he decides that he's going to look at her assassin, kiss her hand, and be like, she'll be staying with us for a while, blah, blah, blah. and Which is really ruffling this girl's feathers, and he knows it. Cole knows it, too, and he's getting irritated because this is nonsense that he doesn't need. But it seems like she's not well-liked by anyone. So, top of that later, after the first competition, or first training day, which was a bunch of running and everything like that, um, we find that the princess of a neighboring country is there, and she only speaks one language, but she's there to learn English and everything like that. Uh, it's El- Elway, or Elwyn. <coughs> it starts with an E. And... Our assassin does know the language and speaks to her in in her native tongue and she finds out that she doesn't want to be there. She also doesn't like Catalina or Katrina. She thinks she's absolutely annoying. And the guy that's also following her as, like, an escort is, like, this simpering, pompous, sweaty guy. Like, just not someone she wants. Just, he annoys her. They all seem to annoy her except for our assassin. And by the end of the chapter, the princess essentially wants our assassin to be her friend and to be the one who... Like, gives her tours and such. So, we're going to see how that goes. I want to see a really good alliance with this, and I feel like there will be one. And I feel like between Dorian and Cole, there's, there's there's something going on with the three of them. But I'm not sure yet. That's as far as I've read so far, so let's let's pick it apart a little bit. So, from the beginning, we know that our assassin is obviously a highly trained assassin. She, it was alluded to the point that, one point, that... The way she was found, so she was found at the frozen river, basically half dead, and she was saved by essentially the king or chief of assassins, and he trained her. Basically, it was either he trained her or she dies, kind of thing. But she welcomed it. However, later, she kind of alludes to the fact that she threw herself in the river. She was eight years old to run away from whatever other fate was bestowed upon her or could have been now i don't know what this is however it's also alluded that she once had magic blood in her as well so i'm wondering if the king's men tried to go after her or if she ran away from the fire or something from a forest or whatnot i don't know i'm not there yet but i'm so excited to be there and so if anybody has any spoilers don't tell me yet. but you know you can tell me if i'm 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 getting close so there's that illusion Dorian, with what he did to stand up to his father, and it wasn't so much standing up as more of he was playing a game of chess. I wouldn't say he lost, but I would definitely say he lost a couple of pawns because his the king in his ultimate wisdom like, hit him across the face. <coughs> and it was because he felt like he was being undermined or whatever, but Dorian was also pushing buttons he knew he shouldn't have. He overplayed his hand. So, the game of wits was slightly lost, but at the same time, not. Because nothing was truly gained, but nothing was truly lost. He just got hit. So, there's obviously a tense relationship between Dorian and his father. It seems like Dorian does not like the way that his father is going about things. He doesn't like this all-continental-rule kind of situation, and feels like his father is a bit of a monster. That's what I'm picking up. That's what it seems like. Now, Cole and Dorian, it sounds like, are really close, that they're friends of sorts and everything, which would make sense why he became captain. He's probably been training a long time to be captain, but because of their age, they're probably really close to each other. Dorian also explained that he doesn't look like really either of his parents, that he has more of his mother's countenance, but he has blue eyes that neither one has. So I'm wondering if he's actually not the king's. It's very possible. Maybe our our queen lady stepped out because her husband is a beast. I don't know, but I don't know. We haven't actually really met the queen yet and I don't know if we will, but I'm really curious to see what happens. Now knowing that this series has multiple books, I have no doubt that our assassin person either wins the competition or something happens to where the competition gets cancelled and all hell breaks loose. Not sure yet. That's my assumption with how these types of things usually go. Now I am getting a feeling... Now this is just a feeling. And no, I haven't skipped pages. As tempting as it is, I haven't skipped pages. I have a feeling it's either going to be a situ- situation like... the, Or not Game of Thrones, but the Hunger Games. Where there'll be like a tie, and something happens to where there's not a tie. But at the same time, our assassin friend doesn't seem like she's that type of person. Nor do I see her making friends with the other competitors. But I see something happening that... Isn't gonna finish the competition, that something else is gonna happen. Just a feeling. An explosion. I don't know. <laughs> but, and it sounds like looking through all the TikToks that I've gotten or I've been sent for this book and for um, the different people that I've been hearing reading it, there's going to be multiple characters. I know that the last book uh, I'm dreading. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of stuff that I am about to dread by starting this series, and I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, so if I end up starting a, you know, podcast with tears, you know why. <laughs> it's because I got to that book, or I got to that part. So. Alright, so this is just the start of this book, guys. This this might be a long series. This might be a long podcast series for this this series, we'll, we'll see. Um I wanted to make sure i got something out to you guys again i apologize that it keeps taking me forever to get this far i'm trying to get there it's it's been hectic with the business and it's been hectic with family and now we're approaching the holidays so it's about to get super crazy but i will keep on keeping on as much as possible um i will keep updating you on this book if i can't do it every other week i'm gonna do my best to try to actually make it weekly so you know what's going on where i'm at in the book and if i've started book two And we'll keep going from there. As always, thank you all for listening. Thank you all new users coming on and listening. Thank you all who have stayed with me through this crazy, crazy year Um, and going on to two years. So thank you all. And I hope this starts possibly your next bookish adventure. Thank you, guys.